Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. morning to you. Hope you're doing well. The uh, Great to see. I, I know some of you are coming back. I just, this is going to bother me all um, hour if I don't acknowledge it. Dakota and Brooke, congrats to you guys. First Sunday as a married couple. We're, we're pumped for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and yeah, I know some of you are coming back from fall break. Welcome home. Some of you are going on to fall break, and um, it's that fun time of year that and isn't it great living in a town? I remember Dad sharing several years ago, he's made it a goal not to leave Indiana in October because this is the one month of year we become a destination city. Everybody wants to come to, to uh, the Covered Bridge Festival and all that stuff. So great, uh, great time of year. Good to see you. Today's a special day for us as a church family as we welcome one of our church planting partners who are in the Middle East. We... Uh, if you look at the, the world, there's a 1040 window that we call where the gospel is not. And they are going into that 1040 window to plant churches. And Jared and Alyssa Riker, would you join me in welcoming them as they come? <laughs> yeah, great to see you guys. And, and uh, just be helpful for those of, you, those of us who may not know you to give a window into who you are and uh, what you're doing. And then some highlights. Thank you. So we are Jared and Alyssa Raker, and Alyssa grew up in this church, and many of you probably remember her, and um, uh, we have been ministering in the country of Turkey for almost 15 years, and we've been involved in two different church plants, and currently the church plant that we're involved with um, was a startup church plant, and uh, we and a few others who, uh, over time, we were able to uh, recruit over there to join us in that in this um, endeavor, have uh, been working on this project for the last, uh, I guess, seven years. And um, it really is now a, a local church, and we're thankful for what God has done. And um, we have official membership. We have uh, 22 members in our church, and um, God is at work. He's bringing people to salvation, even in places like Turkey, which is, a, uh, I think, 98% Muslim country. Uh, God draws people to himself, and he's building his church. And uh, this past summer, we were able to uh, baptize three new believers who uh, put their faith in Christ. And uh, we're just excited for what God is doing. We're, it's such a blessing to hear their testimonies and how it's completely a work of God that um, they just have um, completely been transformed and they're left their old life behind and are following Christ and excited to follow him and serve him. And uh, another big highlight in the ministry is as a uh, as church planners in uh, any part of the world, we want local people to eventually be uh, in the position of, of pastoral leadership and really uh, throughout the church in, in, in the uh, leadership positions. And we're able to uh, ordain our uh, first Turkish assistant pastor, and he's doing a great job. We're thankful for him. And um, God is using him to keep uh, the ministry going there while we're on furlough, and that's a blessing to us as well, to be able to be released to, to, um, to travel over here from time to time. So we're um, thankful for what God's doing, and we're seeing uh, 
great works of God over there. Isn't that awesome? Just thinking when we gather here on Sundays, um, the body of Christ throughout the world, and that we get to be a part of, through your prayer, through your giving, through the connections we have, that um, God is doing his work there in, in Turkey. So praise the Lord. And it pumps me up just to, I, I wish we had time to, I know you shared in the first hour Sunday school, but God called Jared as a teenager mm-hmm. to go into to do this. And Alyssa coming alongside and just, this is not easy, what they're doing and where they're doing it. And um, you guys just, be, yeah, thank you for, for your ministry, your faithfulness. And so uh, thinking about the future, what, what are, what's exciting you as you look ahead? Yes, one thing that particularly excites me is uh, training of, of future leaders in the church, um, both lay leadership in many levels in the church, but also uh, future pastoral leadership candidates as well. And um, there is a opportunity kind of forming right now where uh, three churches have agreed to, um, like-minded churches in Turkey have agreed to work together to uh, train up our people. And it, and uh, that would mean uh, current pastors in those churches or other people that are capable to uh, be on the teaching side of that training will uh, share that opportunity, will share that ministry. And so... It will help us to kind of have uh, a more effective training program because there will be more personnel uh, doing the training and also more students receiving the training. So that really excites me, and um, uh, hopefully we will be able to to see that launched and be a part of that. We're really looking forward to that. And and just also for the continued uh, growth of, of the church that we're specifically involved with and uh, opportunities for further outreach. We're, one thing I didn't uh, share in, in the first hour, but that comes to mind is I've been really encouraged in the town that we're ministering to. I've had so many opportunities to connect with people in the community to the point where I can go in a cafe and someone will come over and sit down with me and start asking me questions because they know who I am, why I'm there, and, and, um, and that I can answer questions that they might have about Christianity. And so I think there are other people uh, that could come to Christ in the near future if we're able to continue our, our work there. So I, I'm very excited about that as well. That's awesome. Awesome. How can we be praying for you as you look to the future? Uh, one really important prayer request is just uh, wisdom for us as parents as we are raising teenagers now and and um, just to be um, Mindful of their needs as they're growing and maturing and, and helping them, but also uh, continuing to, to do the work that God has called us to do and, and, and doing that balance well, I think, is an important prayer request. And then uh, just for the ongoing uh, work that I've described in the, in the church ministry and also uh, the social media aspect of our church outreach, is, I think, is another important prayer request. And, in fact, I was shooting a text message to our um, Turkish associate pastor over there and asking for current prayer requests. And that's one of the things that he had on the top of the list, just that as we put uh, different things out on YouTube and Instagram and other places, uh, connecting people to the church and sharing truth, that the Lord will use that and also protect our church as we are very visible in that way. Okay. When do you all head back? Will you? Yes. um, So about... Uh, November 13th, uh, at least some of us will start heading back, and we might stagger it this time. We're still uh, thinking through that process, but official return dates currently are November 13th. Okay. All right.
right, we'll be, can we just commit to pray for them and lift them up as they go and get to be a part of it. Thank you for your ministry and being here today. (laughs) It'd be good if we just uh, take a moment now and, and lift up Jared and Alyssa and their family. Father, we we thank you that we can come to you in prayer this morning, and we just kneel before you as your children and, and children of hey, I, existing in a family that's, that's made up of the nations. And my mind just runs to that picture in Revelation where people from every tribe and people group will gather around your throne. And Lord, I just thank you so much for this dear couple that have committed their lives to taking the good news of, of salvation through faith in Christ to the, the Muslim people in Turkey. And Lord, we so encouraging to hear what you're doing, but we pray that you would continue to just cause the seeds of truth and love that are planted to bear fruit and that you would draw many people to yourself. Lord, we pray protection and empowering over the Raker family. And Lord, thank you for uh, this church that's been birthed and these um, even this summer, the, the souls that have been saved and each one um, a precious life that has impact in family and, and friends and community. And so we pray for them as they get their feet under them and, and follow you. We pray for uh, this opportunity that you've given to train up leaders and just pray blessing as they go back to that, that, that you would guide, direct, and use that to, to grow roots in the lives of the leaders in these churches and we pray for this new pastor, Lord. Thank you for him and his willingness to serve as, as Jared and Alyssa are away right now. I pray even for them this, today as they, they meet and worship that you would guide and direct and just uh, build your body um, through his ministry and through the ministry of, of each member there. Bless them, Lord. Thank you for the part that we get to, to play in being an encouragement. Help us to stay faithful in prayer and and encouragement to them, and we pray blessing over them, and pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, well, excited. Um, We come today as a church family to a a very important part of our ministry year. So in case you're just joining us, or really for all of us, just to recontext ourselves to where we are, we started our ministry year in September, and we began with that day of prayer. We begin on our knees, and then we said, okay, Where is God leading us this coming year? And the theme disciple is where we're headed, to be a a fully devoted follower of Christ or more specifically, to live with an increasing surrender to his empowering lordship as we follow his lead. So the picture that's just so, um, it's been igniting my heart is one life, one life, one of us who is teleon, which is that idea of mature in Christ or fully alive in Christ. One life who is fully alive in Christ is a powerful force for good in this world um, and or in our community around the world, but, but also to bring glory to our God for all of eternity. It's neat just to think about that and, and that God desires for us to grow, to become more like Christ. So the first message series, we called it Disciple, and it was that idea of what is a disciple? If we're to be a disciple of Jesus, what's it mean to follow him? Five key words that we often talk about as a church family, but we just locked in on those again, and hope it was an encouragement to you. Worship, reach, connect, grow, serve. Or disciple is someone who is loving God, worshiping, reaching those who don't know him, connecting and loving relationship with one another, growing 
uh, taking our next step in our walk with him and then serving, using our gifts, abilities to serve him in whatever ministry he's called us into. So there we have the big picture, but today where we're at is, okay, if we're to run this race, to follow Christ, um, each of us, unique life mission, what is the, the, the means through which we breathe? Or, or how do, what, what is the, the oxygen source for our soul? What keeps us going? What renews us, strengthens us, empowers us to run the race? And, and that's where we're at in this series, today and the next two weeks. And it is a practice that is not secondary by any means. It is primary for the follower of Jesus. This is just core to who we are. So we're going to lock in on it. Does anyone want to take a shout? It's giving it away right here. But it's, it's prayer, right? And the question is, how do we want to pray? We want to pray like who? Jesus. We, we want to pray like our leader. He's the one leading us. And so we want to come up out of this series praying like Christ as he lived his life. So we're going to today look at the text in Luke chapter 11, when thankfully one of his disciples asked him how to pray. And so we pick it up there, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So interesting there, we find him praying in a, a certain place. We often talk about our chair having our chair time, our daily meeting with God, and having a chair in your house where you meet with the Lord. I know I've, I've heard some of you say, I have, my, I have my chair, my place. And it's helpful to have those places. We that gather and worship here. This is a place of prayer. Have you ever wondered why we pray at meals as well? You don't see a command to pray at meals, but why do we pray before we, we eat our food? It's because Jesus did right? We see him praying. We, we pray like our leader, and here he's praying in a certain place. But when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, John the Baptist, taught his disciples. And I, I love that request as you see a, a teachable heart. Lord, teach us to pray. He's hungry to learn. This morning as we come to this text, I just, may this be our heart as well. Lord, would you teach us to pray? Give us something that maybe we we knew and we forgot, or something we, we have never known about prayer, teach us to pray. But it does ask, raise the question, what moves him to, to ask the question, teach us to pray? And what do we know from the context? Why does he ask, Lord, teach us to pray? It's because he had just been watching Jesus pray. And, and similar to when we have a desire to learn something, we see a gap. There was a gap between how he prayed and how Jesus prayed, and so he wants to close the gap, and he's saying, teach us to pray. There's something different about how you pray and how we pray, so teach us. And what does Jesus, how does he respond? And and this is the text we have here today is, is a precious gift, which Jesus walks us into a beautiful reality that when we see it, and I hope we walk out of here seeing it, it changes how we, we live. It, it's it's radical because he teaches us not just what to pray, but, but moves us to pray. Why pray? But he starts with the what. Verse 2, he says, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. 
So this is the, what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. It's the stripped down version though. Did you notice that? There's some parts of this that, that Luke does not include, that Matthew includes. And if you were with us on the first Sunday of the year, our day of prayer, we went through Matthew's version of this prayer. And just a beautiful outline that really, these are things that we pray, but, but they really form five conversation guides as we talk to the Lord. That you can talk to him in, you know, 20 seconds, or you can talk to him for an hour through these. On my phone, I have, I, when we went through the digital detox, I, I deleted about four apps on my front screen. And so I'm like, what am, what am I going to put back on those apps? in that front screen of my phone. So I put the, uh, it's called the Inner Room Prayer app. It's from the, the guy, uh, Tyler Statton, who wrote Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Awesome book. But it's from the 24-7 prayer ministry. And it has been, I encourage, I, I share it with you. If you're looking for a great prayer app, it is so good because you can write out different prayers. And what I've done is one of the tabs on that prayer app that I can pull it up. I often pull it up like when I'm working out or just, uh, going somewhere, or this morning I ha- had it open for my daily prayer time. But I put the Lord's Prayer there, and these five conversation starters. So the first one is what? It's worship. Father, hallowed be your name. The second one is surrender. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The third is petition or asking. Give us today our daily bread. The fourth one is uh, confession. Forgive us our sin as we forgive others. And then the last one is that um, prayer for protection, reminding us, hey, we're going out into a battlefield. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Of those five conversation starters, which is the toughest for you? Which one of those categories of prayer tends to grow lethargic and and weak as you talk with the Lord? Praise, surrender, petition, or asking, confession, or that prayer for protection. As I was thinking through those, I arrived at the asking. I feel like, and specifically asking for other people, intercession, going to God on behalf of of other people, tends to grow weak and lethargic in my, there's not a passion or an urgency that, that I feel like should be there. And I, so it makes me wonder why. What is it that slows my intercession or my petitioning, asking God for the help for others? And Here's where I'm at, and I'll throw this out, and perhaps as you think about it, you you may find yourself here as well, maybe not, but I find prayer can be, it can be confusing. If God is sovereign, he knows all things, and he is, or he's omniscient, knows all things, but he's sovereign, he's in control of every molecule of the universe, why does he even need my advice? One, I'm a fallible human who knows very little compared to him. And then two, if he's, if he's all powerful, he can, he can do it whether I ask him to or not. And, and then um, three, there's times when I have prayed for things and there just seems to be no, no um, immediate answer. So is it making a difference? And, and in the whole scheme of things, if I forget to pray, is God going to get it done? He's going to get it done. His plan's going to play out. And my theology of prayer often slows my passion or, or dims my passion of prayer. Does anyone else feel that at times? So why pray? Why pray? 
And what's beautiful about this text, you guys, and this is, if you remember one picture, this is so precious. Why pray? I have one reason primarily. Because the one, when God became human or took on humanity, he is on his knees praying. Why pray? Because my leader prayed. But, but you, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, okay, I can see the questions in your eyes, so let me go on. And when you look at every time Jesus teaches on prayer, his aim is not so much what we pray, but to move us to prayer, to, to ignite something in us to pray. And that's where he goes here. He tells a story. And a story, These are we call these parables, but they really have one main point to drive. And they, but they stick. You remember it. Today, this afternoon, we'll probably be able to remember this story. And so he says this. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread and a a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And so as he starts the story, you could put this caption above this first part of it, the problem. Here's the problem. My friend has a need. I don't have the resources to, to meet. Now, question, what got this guy into this mess in the first place? Did you notice it? His friend comes to him on a journey. He's got nothing in the fridge. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, can I stay with you? Yeah, come on in. What gets him into this mess? It's love. He loves this guy. And he's willing to open up his home, even though he doesn't have the resources to help him. I was thinking about what... When we follow Jesus into a life of love, what will we find ourselves experiencing? Moments where, when the people that we love have needs that are more than we can provide. It's the way of love. Now, what would common sense say? Knock, knock, knock. Hey, can I stay with you? Wisdom says, your poor planning, like not figuring out a hotel before this, is not my emergency. No. Go find another place. But love, (laughs) when we love someone, their problem's our problem, right? Parents, you feel that bad decision, bad decision. But it's our problem now, and it's our need. His friend shows up unannounced. Love opens the door. But now there's this lack. He realizes, I don't have what I need, three loaves of bread to feed this guy thinking about our own lives as we do life with those around us. And even this past week, it it was just striking me again and again. You're having a coffee with a friend and it's catching up on life. And then you go to the kids and you hear your friend say something to the effect of, this isn't my experience, but um, throwing out hypotheticals. My freshman at school, I have a daughter, freshman in college, She's struggling and uh, was part of a friend group initially that claimed to be Christians, but there's tainted love and there's judgmentalism and just a, there's not love. They're hypocrites and she's veering from the faith, even wondering, is God real? Do I follow the Bible? And amidst her deep doubts, she's having despair even of life. What's the point? And there you are having coffee and this mom heart's ripping out for her daughter. What can you do? And you feel that helplessness. You're, and this was my experience this week, but you're on your couch late one evening, wrapping up the day, 
It's been a great day. You're playing your favorite golf game on your phone while watching the Major League Baseball in the background. When a text comes across the phone, pray for us. Newborn, headed to Riley. Not sure what's wrong. And all of a sudden, whew, your world's spinning and you feel the need. My friend has a need that I'm helpless to meet. What, what do you do in those moments? You check in on a friend from college and just, hey, how are you doing? You give him a call. Um, so things are not well. The cancer has returned and it's running its course. My healing is going to be the resurrection. My finish line is close here on earth. But my concern is who's, who's in the next room, my wife and two teenage sons who are looking at life without their dad. What do you say? You know, there's no easy words, no easy fixes in moments like that. As we see this friend walking across the street and you hear the midnight knock on the door, I have a need. We feel the the urgency of um, our situation, don't we? And the helplessness, Jesus is reminding us we are a needy, needy people. And often we will find ourselves with a friend who has a need and we don't have the resources to help. What do we do in those moments? And this is where our Lord... He presses into this and says, or fleshes out the picture. He says, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't give you anything. So he's knocking on the door, midnight. We know in the Middle East, this Middle Eastern culture, they would often sleep in the same room together. So you get kids, parents all to bed and they would actually also bring in some of their farm animals into the house just to keep them safe and so to get up in the middle of the night would be to wake up the, the whole house and the farm. So no, I'm not going to open the door. You're my friend, but I'm gonna, this can wait till morning. But Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So the word shameless audacity there in the Greek is a unique word in that it's the only time it's found in the Bible. So we have to go outside the Bible to get the context for it. So when you look in other Greek literature, it actually has the idea of doing what is socially improper in a big way. So that the translators use shameless audacity, just like you're, you're missing all social cues and you're doing something you just don't do. Some translations use persistence. That's not quite the, the, what it's getting at although Jesus does teach persistence in prayer, but, but his point here is this mad neighbor, this annoyed neighbor will eventually open the door because you're just knocking on it in the middle of the night. So he goes on and he says, so I say to you, so here's the point of this, the parable. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and the one to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so the, the invitation from our Lord and from God through his word to us today is simply this. Ask the one who can help. Ask, seek, and knock. This is the calling on our lives today. And you say, okay, what is the point of this story? Is it that we should be asking with more intensity? No, the point of the story, what, what Jesus is driving here is contrast. He's setting up a annoyed neighbor 
And then in contrast, our heavenly father who loves us and saying, if an annoyed neighbor will eventually open the door because you're just, you keep knocking at a time and night, neighbors just don't knock. How much more will your heavenly father open the door, provide what you need when you come to him in prayer? And what he's driving at is, guys, ask, 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 seek, knock. When you have that need in, and you see a need in a friend's life that's beyond you, go to the one who can help. Ask, seek, and knock, knowing your Father will provide. But the troubling question continues to, to come to our mind. Will he really help? Will he open the door? You know? And many things cause this question to, to resurface in our mind, but one of them is, am I worthy to come in to his presence and to ask, you know, and we fill our sinfulness. And it's true, our, our first, as we come to, the, to God, we need to be cleansed from our sin, and, and we do that through faith in Jesus Christ. And today, if, if you have not entered into a relationship with God through faith, his invitation is open to you. What's beautiful is you come asking for forgiveness of your sin. God promises everyone who calls on the name of the Lord for salvation will be saved. We can enter into this love relationship, sin forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. But, but this isn't a one-time thing. It's, it's we're called to, to come again and again, but we say, am I worthy? I'm a sinful person. I've sinned even today. And how can I enter his presence? We wonder, does God really care? You know, or like, we know he cares, but about my three loaves of bread, like doesn't he have bigger things to, to concern him with, himself with today? Will he really help? I believe that God has, um, he's met my needs, but will he meet this, this person's need? Or maybe we've, you've prayed for something and he, he did not answer that prayer or he answered the prayer with a no. And you're struggling, disappointed with God. Your, your loved one that you were praying for did not live. And um, does it matter that we pray? You know, and, and will he really help? Guys, this is where I I just think the precious gift of this text is coming back to remembering who it is that's saying this. Jesus came to earth to reveal the Father. (laughs) This is God in flesh. And what's he saying to us? He's saying, ask, seek, knock, and you will receive. Believe this. What do you do when the one you love has a need that's beyond your ability to meet it? The takeaway of the text, the, the big idea, the challenge to, to carry with us today is to ask the one who can help, knowing that he will. You say, what's it mean to ask? Or, or what's he getting at there, the, the ask? This is that just bringing him your need. And I love the fact that, that God cares about the details. We see it in the parable, three loaves of bread. The specificity here, I think, is probably he, he meant for us to... to pick up on this and that what is the need? Sometimes we pray prayers that are so general and so vague because we don't want to be disappointed if God doesn't answer it. But, but what do you need? <laughs> Three loaves of bread. Let him know. Seek. What, what does he mean seek? And this is where we move from 
attempting to fix the problem, seeking to, to fix this thing on our own, running those circles of worry in our mind. I, I picture the fridge. So what's this guy need? He needs three loaves of bread. So what do you need? Look in the fridge, no bread. Look in the cabinet, no bread. Look, ah, oh man, where's the bread? You look, ah, did I stash some bread, you know, out in the car? Nope, no bread. And we're running around the house looking for the fix to this person's problem. We're worrying in our minds, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? How do we fix it? And there comes that moment when you shut the fridge, you shut the cabinet door, you stop running around and you sit on the couch and think, I got no other options. I got to walk across the street and knock on the door of the one who has some stuff, my neighbor. Get on my knees and knock on heaven's door. Seek and you will find and then knock. You say, well, what's the significance in this knocking? I love this picture of, of it's home, the door home being opened. It's the, the father. And that we have access to come into the Father's presence through what Christ did for us. And we can knock. And when we knock, is he going to answer? Oh, a thousand times yes, Jesus is saying. Would you answer for your child if they're in need and they're knocking on your door? Lord, here I am again. My friend is in need. My fridge is empty. I need three loaves of bread. Will he open the door? Look back to the text. And you might circle this in your Bible What's he say in verse 10? For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone. Don't you love that word? Everyone. It's all of us. As we ask him, as we come to him, he is faithful to provide. This is our God. This is his glory. The glory of our God is his love, his compassion, his mercy on us. Exodus, he, he reveals that to Moses. We see his glory in Christ came full of grace and truth. He delights to give us what we need. I love this picture. Again, you say, it's almost like Jesus is seeing the question in their eyes. Will he really? And he goes on in verse 11 and following. He says, which of your father, you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Nobody. Or if he asked for an egg, would slip him a scorpion? No. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? There's the, the phrase to, to circle. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What's he communicating to us as fathers, parents? We, we just um, live for the happiness of our kids, don't we? Is there any greater joy than seeing your kids smile? And that's, what, that's our why for, for for us. We love seeing our kids happy. We are evil people, broken people. Our Father in heaven is passionate for your joy, for my joy. You read through John 13 to 17, you see it again and again. I've told you these things so that your my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And so we come to, to him with that reality asking. I love the way he says, okay, and what's the thing he give, Jesus points to that he gives us in this text? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He just goes to the greatest of gifts, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of the living God through whom we receive the, the life of, um, we are regenerated, we are um, renewed, sanctified, we are empowered for ministry, we are given the, the comforting presence of, of Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit, we're given the, the guidance of Christ through the Holy Spirit, we're given 
And when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And it's just like, God doesn't just give us the gift. He gives us himself is the point. What a treasure. So when the disciple asked Jesus, teach us to pray, what's the message? What's the core? Jesus, okay, here's a template to pray, a conversation guide. But, but and when you look through scripture, when Jesus teaches around prayer, you can sum it up in really one word. Again and again and again, it's guys, ask, ask, ask. And ask knowing that the one you ask cares. He loves you, that you have a father. The point of the story is if an annoyed neighbor is going to give you three loaves of bread in the middle of the night, how much more will your loving Father provide what you need, child of God? So ask. Do we understand how prayer works and all the mystery and the wonder of uh, God's sovereignty and our asking? No, and we probably never will and have to be okay with that, right? Even when we get to heaven, it's going to be a lot about God. We never know because he is God, we are not. But what we do know, we must act on, and what he has revealed must be our battle plan. And he said, pray. This is God in flesh saying, ask, seek, and knock. Don't stop and don't let the confusing parts of what we don't know keep us from doing what we do know. Be praying. Be praying. What a comfort. I, I You know... Quick, a story came to mind that happened this past summer. So over the past three years, our kids have been uh, being trained in the realm of medical, the medical field. Laura is a nurse who trains nurses at IUS. Jesse was getting trained as a nurse at Purdue, and then Chad was going through med school. So our family dinners often centered around what they were learning in, in their different areas. And so we were being, as parents, trained up in the medical field. I've pretty much been through med school. Is how I felt. So you would, Chad would say, yeah, man, when you have a digestive, you know, tweet going on here, here's the, here's the, uh, the rubric to think through. And a doctor down in, you know, southern India gave him this sweet, think through these five things. And then if you have a, a head injury, here's the rubric to think through, you know, to diagnose what's wrong and how to fix it. So we're putting all these things in our minds. Day camp. There's about 100 kids back in the um, gym playing dodgeball and it was a great game of dodgeball but 100 kids playing dodgeball this little guy just gets tagged in the head so he's hurting he goes over to the couch I'm the closest adult around so it's like I'm on I gotta fix this guy and all my medical training comes back and I'm like <laughs> concussion head injury what's the rubric and then it's like oh no I don't remember is it like two fingers or what's your name or walk a straight line or, or uh Advil or what do I do? And I'm telling it was just, oh, I just felt all this weight of this kid's life in my hands and me not having the answer. I couldn't help him. And then it, it occurred to me, I'm not medic. I'm not medical. It's Lindsay. She was the staff nurse for the day. And it's like, Lindsay. And what a relief to call Lindsay, or it might have been Cassie that day, but to call the nurse like Jeff Probst does on Survivor. Medic! It's not me. And what a comfort, guys. And this, I felt this this week, and I hope you feel it and live in the joy of it. And it moves us all to action when we have a friend who has a need that's beyond us to meet. The living God says, ask, seek, and knock, and the Father will answer. Amen?
But there was one prayer that was, one, was not answered. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed and before he went to the cross, said, Father, if this cup can pass, the father said no, turned his head to his son. When he knocked on the door of heaven, the door remained shut and he felt the storm of God's wrath so that you and I could enter into the presence of God. He took the snake, he took the scorpion, he suffered the sting of death so that you and I could have life and have access into the father's presence. This is our king. And today, he says, pray. I've opened the door. Pray, ask, seek, and knock. So we want to just do that. Um, I'll lead us or give you a moment just to, to pray on your own. I think we all probably have one person who is on our mind right now, a need that's beyond us. And just lift them to the Lord, and then I'll close up our time together. Join me in prayer. Father, our hearts are just so full of gratitude that we can come into your presence and that you invite us, that you delight to see us walking across the street needing three loaves of bread or whatever it is and and that the door to your presence is open. Thank you. Lord, our prayer is that your kingdom would come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today we fill that gap and we fill it acutely not only in our own lives, but in our world, and specifically in Israel and Gaza this morning, God. And we pray peace. Lord, we pray peace for Israel. We pray peace for Gaza. As the troops stand ready to march into to Gaza, we know there's suffering coming. And Lord, we pray that evil would be snuffed out, but we pray that mercy would temper justice. And Lord, that you would protect would bring resolution, that you would, we know you hold the the hearts of kings and leaders in your hands, so God, would you bring peace, and we feel the the ripple of instability going throughout the world right now, and and we know the enemy is about division, we know uh, he delights in these things, and so we pray, Lord, that you would come, King Jesus, come, right what is wrong, set up your throne Usher in the new age, the heaven, new heaven and new earth, Lord. We long for this day. Lord, we know that you said in Matthew 24 at the end times, we would not know the day or the hour, but we should recognize the season. And the season would be marked by increasing wars, social quaking and physical quaking of the earth, and that you'll give us signs. And we don't know if this is it, but it sure feels like wars are increasing. And so ready our hearts, Lord, for your coming. Help us to be about what you've called us to be about. Not to get caught up in the little games of earth, but to be playing the, the game. Faithful to your calling. Lord, we bring you our need today, our three loaves of bread. And I pray specifically for a lady named Lori that Tyson just shared with me before services that 
works at South Elementary as a custodian whose husband just suffered a heart attack and is now on life support. Lord, I thank you that we can lift her to you. Lord, she needs you. She needs help. I pray your peace that passes all understanding would guard her heart and her mind. I pray you would comfort her. If she doesn't know you, that you would lead her to salvation, that you would put people around her that can be your presence. I pray for her husband that you would bring healing, God, that you would work a miracle. pray for the Johansson family and it's been a just a marathon for Ann and I pray continued healing for her for Joe Karen as they care for her for uh, John and Ann as they hold things down back here and then as uh, Ann heals Lord would you help her liver and kidney to regenerate and guard her mind God give her peace and just the hope of knowing you've got her Lord, we pray for Tim and Jenny Crager as they will leave on the 22nd to go to the Dominican Republic and just pray blessing over their time. I pray for Tim as as he battles Parkinson's that it would not be a a factor on their trip and for both of them that this would just be a sweet time of pouring into people there. And Lord, we pray salvation for the people that they interact with. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness that we can come into your presence as your children we pray protection as we go now and just pray that you would help us to keep our eyes on you living for our king and when we hit the moments of need that we would be quick to hit our knees asking seeking and knocking we pray this in jesus name amen if you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others please be sure to subscribe or share To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.